welcome to the Walking in Heels podcast, where the journey is the blessing. I am your host, Kimberly White. Come walk with me as we step into healing, enlightenment, acceptance, love, and sexual power, uncovering and healing those perceptions that keep us from living the lives we deserve. Get ready to take the next step into your destiny. Hello, ladies, and welcome back to the Walking in Heels podcast. It is your girl, Kimberly White. And today I am joined by two of my lovely friends to discuss part two of Sis, You in Danger, Girl. So we're going to continue the conversation that we started, which was so, so good to me. Today, of course, we've got Erica J. Pierce and Natalie Marie. Um, we're going to pick up where we left off. But ladies, for those who don't know you, please say hello. Hello, Erica J. Pierce here, Life Coach Growth Mindset, Life Coach. And I'm so happy to be here with you, Miss Kimberly. Glad to have you. Just a really good friend to the girls. Uh, I offer unsolicited advice a lot of the times. So I'm that person. <laughs> um, and it's good advice. Natalie is somebody who we met actually um, while both of us were dating narcissists. Yeah. So we good, kinda, good times. Yeah, good times, right. <laughs> we kind of started a healing journey together. Um, but in, in there was a whole friendship that blossomed from that. And then a whole friendship that came from us actually just growing into ourselves. So um, that said, these are a couple of my good sis. And um, we've all been in these positions before. We've all been in these positions where we've dated someone who we shouldn't have dated, you know, or maybe we stuck around a little longer, even though we saw the signs, even though we saw the yellow and the orange, as Erica said, um, and the red flags, like we saw all of them and we kept going forward. So our goal with this today is to equip y'all with some tools and some characteristics that we want you to look for when you're out in this dating world to help you navigate it better and avoid disaster at all causes. In part one, we talked about what is danger. Um, we talked about a little bit of how to spot it. We gave some personal examples. And on this episode, um, we're going to go more into the how to, like how to spot um, these types of people that can be dangerous to the way you feel about yourself and the way you move about in life. So I want to start by saying this, y'all. These signs, right, from a, a potentially dangerous partner, dangerous partner meaning someone who can be emotionally, physically, or mentally abusive to you, they start to show up from the very first time you meet them. Would y'all agree with that? 100%. Hard to hide it. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes they try to hide it. And something that we covered in our last episode was you have to listen to yourself because even though they're hiding it, your gut will tell you, you in danger, girl. Like it, there is an undercurrent. There's an unease that you will feel within your belly um, that will tell you, yes, this person has all of the things that I want on the surface, but there's something under here that I don't like. It, there's something over here that isn't easy with me. I remember specifically um, <laughs> the guy that I was talking about, the, the narc. Um, I told one of my good friends, I was like, he he talks well, he's this, he's that, but he reminds me of all of the bad guys that I dated before, and he hasn't shown me any of those characteristics. He just reminds me of them. And it, again, was all up in how I was experiencing him on a soul level. And I remember my friend telling me, girl, you just got to be more vulnerable, you're too guarded. You have to be more vulnerable. And I listened because I was like, well, maybe I am too guarded to this, to that. But 
absolutely not. It was my gut telling me this person is not good for you. This person was actually a catalyst. I have nothing but love for that experience because it pushed me into my healing. But I wish I would have listened to myself and just continued healing, you know, but life happens. So no regrets. It's just, yeah, listen to yourself, even beyond your friends. If your friends are telling you, if you feel like you're in a situation that you need to exit from, you really have to pay attention to what you're experiencing and not let anyone else's logic or rationale talk you out of it. Yeah, I think too, um, we talked about in the last episode, Natalie mentioned, is it your inner child versus your intuition? So I know a question that people might have is, well, I don't know. I hear both. Which one is speaking to me? So how do you, like in your situation, well, first off, I would say if you feel it, I would, I would probably just take it as face value and just not pursue it. But then you can go back and say, okay, was it just me being hypersensitive? Is it just me like overthinking it? And then kind of work through why you were feeling that way. Because I know it can get really confusing if you really don't know what parts of you is really speaking, because you could be triggered by something that's just not really a threat. That's true. It also can be. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's actually a really good point, Erica. And also um, to Kim's point as well, even I'll say this, is the person actually hiding the red flag or are we choosing to ignore it? Because a lot of the times when we look back after we dated a person and things have gone south, we'll say, you know what? And he did so-and-so and so-and-so in the beginning. So technically he wasn't hiding it. I just chose to ignore it. And that's where a lot of it comes in for me and my journey is accountability. It's very, very easy to blame the other person. He hid this from me. He didn't or she didn't. But it's still, as we've been repeating, it comes down to you. And if you can take the accountability and the onus to do your part, and realize, okay, did he hide it or did I just choose to ignore it? Um, so that's one thing to, to keep in mind. And also a lot of us who are codependent or have had childhood traumas, we tend to need another person to validate how we feel. And as you go into your journey, you'll learn that you won't need that as much. So when you go to your girlfriend, girl, I like this guy, something, something, something. She say, oh, you need to be more vulnerable. As you get a little stronger in your, in your, in your, in your journey. Um, you won't need that as much. You'll trust yourself and be able to say, I don't like this or I'm uncomfortable and I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't, yes. you know, because yes. in the beginning I was very much a person who will call this friend, that friend, this friend, I will call every friend till the one friend said it, green light, go ahead, girl, go for it. You know, we all know who to call to get that. So we say, okay, well, if, Tasha say it's cool then, I mean, it can't be that bad. Keisha, Nicole, Kim, Erica, they yeah, all Keisha say, girl, no, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. But I'm like, but yeah, but Tasha said it's cool, so I'm gonna try it. So um, not to be all over the place, but there's a lot of accountability and a lot of it comes down to you and yourself and having to trust yourself, learn the difference between your inner child and the intuition. It's a lot of work that goes into it. It's not easy. It sounds easy to us because we kind of were in that journey, but it, it's 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 on you. It's 100% on you. You can't, I don't want to blame anybody else for the decisions that we made. Yes, we've been bamboozled and stuff like that, but we, in order for us to get better and stronger, we have to do the work and get stronger in our own perception and 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 intuition. Absolutely. Absolutely, y'all. Um, this is so good. So yes, so um accountability, right? Taking accountability for the things that we see um, and the things that we experience and literally being accountable to the point where, yeah, I saw it and I chose to continue moving. So let's talk about the things that we actually will see. Now, I am going to interrupt you. I don't mean to, but I just want to go back and say something real quick on your point. Um, Also, whenever you do feel that something is wrong and you're questioning it, I answer my own question later after I thought about it. If you make mention of it and they say, oh, okay, 
and they do it again, they've now crossed the boundary. So that's when you know it might be something that you need to take note of because it can, it can be a trigger because triggers happen all the time. But if you make note of it and they don't do anything to change it, then you know, okay, this is more than just a yellow flag. We moved up a notch. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad that um, you said that, Erica, because I want to talk about the signs, right? So there are a lot of signs that a person can look for when they're in an abusive relationship or if they're interacting with a person who has abusive characteristics, right? And that's what we're looking for. We are looking for um, character and not um, chemistry, okay? So keep that in your mind. Character precedes chemistry. If a person is treating you well the way that you want to be treated, the chemistry will come because they will get you. They will regard you. They'll start to learn you and do things that you like and fulfill your desires in ways where a person who you just have chemistry with, they'll just rely on that chemistry and sometimes utilize it in not so healthy ways. All right. So I am on healthline.com um, and there is an article that is basically saying the signs of mental, emotional abuse, control, and shame. And one of the, they've got about 20 different signs that you can look for. Um, and I think it's really beneficial for anybody who wants to um, just kind of get into that and understand a little bit more. But I picked out five that I think from my personal experience, I've seen from day one, you know what I mean? Because some of these, you will see them, but it'll be kind of like maybe the second date. No, I want to say some stuff that I'll see like by our first date on the phone, or if we're just interacting out with different people. So the first one is dismissive. And Erica, you just kind of talked about this. So I'm going to tell y'all what the definition of that is from healthline.com. Um, dismissiveness. Um, you share something important to you and they reply with, uh, okay, who cares about that? Or you share something that's important to you and they roll their eyes or they smirk or they shake their head. Um, dismissiveness also, in my experience, is what Erica said. I told you that I didn't like something. I literally had this happen before where it's like I told someone, uh-uh, don't do that. And they're like, oh, man, what's, you know, what's wrong with you? Everybody does it kind of and then went in to do it again as if you need to get get with the girl. It's not that big of a deal. Dismissiveness is a huge red flag because that is a way that someone can over, over, what do you call it? Cross your boundaries. There it is. Yeah, cross your boundaries. <laughs> um, and they will do that if you allow them. But the dismissiveness makes you feel belittled for even having a, a, a stopping point or saying that, you know, I don't like this, you know? Um, so what are y'all thoughts on that? Dismissiveness. Yeah. Well, I'll jump in because <laughs> Erica over there, her face is telling everything. Um, yes, the dismissiveness can be as, as grand as like an eye roll or like you said, just kind of like, so who cares? Um, or it can be something very subtle where it's just like a subject change, you know, it's like, you know, you, you're mentioning, you know, I, when I was younger, um, I almost drowned. So I kind of have a fear of like water and swimming and stuff like that. And the person goes, oh, okay. Yeah. So you like chicken or like fish, like, or where do you want to eat at? And you're like, but I was just telling you something that, you know, was kind of special to me. And now you're talking about where do you want to go eat? You made it about you. And, and it could come off as, okay, well, maybe I'm just overreacting, you know, and that's kind of where you have to justify that person's behavior. But that was a flag. That person dismissed my feelings, that moment where we were at the moment, and they moved on. The vulnerability. That. Right, exactly. So that, you know, it can also be very subtle. So if a person just switches topics on you or just goes back into what they were doing, that's, that's a sign that person is probably dismissive. Nat, can I say something too? I had that happen and it was weird because I was like, 
I'm telling you about this. I'm telling you this part of my background so that you'll understand how I respond to things like almost the same type of a situation. And it was just like, okay, but you know, I heard you. Like, well, like I heard you. We don't got to keep going into it. You know, and I'm like, I heard it. Move on. Yes. And so that it's almost like, is that even an emotional safe space for me? Some people will be like, baby, you're talking about this too soon. You know, it's just our first, you're talking about it too soon. Well, I mean, you need to know these things, right? So if I'm telling, if I feel comfortable telling you about them, you should hold space for me. And if a person isn't willing to hold space for me emotionally, and you're going to be dismissive, don't think that that person won't be that way as you go into the relationship, honey. Right? Yeah. on a law. Yeah. And let it be, let it be context appropriate. Um, you know, there is such thing as overshare and you can come in hot and heavy, you know, but True. like the last guy and, and it could be legit, ma'am, too much, you know, too much too soon, you know? So uh, everything's in, in context for sure, but you don't, if it's within context and your conversation is you're flowing and that came up naturally and organically, yes, absolutely. If you just come out of left field, bringing up stuff from Ray Ray, that's on you, ma'am. That's, yeah, that's, but but also I agree with you with that. But I also want to say that, like, say for instance, someone's talking to you and they're getting to know you, and the pace is going fast, right? And this person is already talking about getting in your draws. Then I don't think that me telling you about a traumatic experience I've had before is going to be a problem because that right. that would relate to where we're going. Right, so, context appropriate, which is yeah. exactly you're on that path, right? I would even venture to, because I do stuff like this, say it doesn't even have to be anything majorly traumatic, just anything, just to see how they respond to it. If you notice it in something one time, bring it back up, bring something else up similar, just to see how they respond to it. Give us an example, Erica. I'm trying to think of something. (laughs) I don't know. Um, You mentioned something in, you're having a conversation about your families and they, you might mention something that might be personal and they don't really, they glaze over it or no, I just, this is a terrible example. I can't think of anything right off the bat, but if you feel the need to bring up something, I don't, I honestly don't care if it's uh, relevant or not. If you feel the need to bring up something and let them know something and they dismiss it, that's enough of a, I need to take notice of that. Okay. And then from there, if it happens again, in a different situation or the same, I'm probably going to be out. I don't have the space for it. I, yeah. I mean, personally, it now, doesn't I'll, matter how big or small it is. Listen, I agree. And I even say like, if I'm sitting in front of somebody because my dreams and my career is very important to me. So if I'm sitting and I'm talking to you about, like, I'm not trying to be that girl that wasn't coming to America. Remember her? She was like, and I want to drive a Mercedes and I want to be in videos. And then I want to be a dancer. And it's not that, but if I'm telling you about my passion and I'm like, yeah, this is where I'm, you know, looking to go and this is what I'm doing. If you're dismissive of that, it kind of makes me feel like you don't want to get to know this side of me. You just want to know what you want to know so that you can get what you want to get. So just be cautious of people holding space for you, like all of you, because if yeah. they're not willing to do that up front, they're kind of telling you you need to show up for me in this way, in this way only. And if you really want someone that is going to be with you and grow with you and be a companion, then they need to be able to hold space for who you are as a whole person and not just the parts of you that they want to keep. Um, Yeah. And it also speaks to their emotional intelligence too, because if they are uncomfortable, they may not be abusive. They may just be uncomfortable with what you said. Yeah. But that even opens up another conversation. Like, why, why did you glaze over it? So just be aware. Just it's just about being aware. That, good point, Erica. Good point. Very good point. That that life coach is just. I'm telling y'all, she good. She good. I like that. I like that. Okay. Um. So the second one that I had was trivializing, um, your experiences, and so. Trivializing, let me go to the definition of what they said. Um, So essentially it it does 
kind of speak to the same thing in terms of dismissing, but trivializing is when you explain how much something they said or did upset you or hurt your feelings, they accuse you of overacting or overreacting or misunderstanding the situation. So um, you can be out with someone, you can be having fun, they can be do they could do something that crosses a boundary or that upsets you. And it's like Erica said, once you tell them the first time, boom, you're good. But if they do it again, and it's followed by them telling you, oh, I didn't even mean it that way. I was joking or I was, you're overreacting. That's a problem. Again, it goes back to accountability with what you said, Nat. If they're not willing to take accountability and make changes, then what am I doing here? I have a perfect example for this one. If oh I my God, I was, oh, I was hoping you would get into it. And I hope it's the one perfect. that I'm thinking. So then this is our first on we just met. So we haven't even exchanged phone numbers at this point this is the guy and we're out exactly we're out and um he came over bought me a drink we're talking nice looking guy uh everything's going smoothly I'm giving him my attention so I'm giving my body language is forward to him I'm not dismissive or anything like that I am I am engaged in our conversation and um we're talking and we talked for maybe 45 minutes and I am getting ready to leave the location and he walks me to my car and he says something along the lines of, I don't think I'm your type. And, and I said, why would you say that? I've just talked to you for the last almost an hour. Um, you're, I'm allowing you to walk into my car. You know, I'm literally about to, my phone is out. I'm getting ready to do the number exchange. And so I said, you know, so my words were, why would you say that? I've clearly been talking to you the whole time. Like I'm clearly, you know, interested. Whoa, 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 relax, easy. I was just playing, like you taking it too far. Wow. What? <laughs> and, I, and I sit there and I literally said, and, I, and Kim can attest to this. I was like, sir, please don't gaslight me. <laughs> please don't. Because like that's that, Didn't he do that like a couple times in that he conversation? Did a couple times. Yeah, this was like the third time. He did a, a couple other things earlier on in, the, in the, our interaction which I just take a note of, you know, just take a mental note. But that was it for me. And I was like, sir, don't gaslight me because you made the comment. And all I did was just try to reassure, like, no, I'm, I'm interested. My, my, I did my body language. It wasn't extra. I was like, no, I'm, I've been engaging with you and talking. Whoa, whoa, relax, calm down. Like his response was, he was like putting actions to my, to me, calm down. When did I go up? Relaxed? <laughs> when was I not relaxed? You made a statement. I responded. You know, you so that is an example of just trivializing it. Like you made a comment, I responded, and now I'm saying you're like, oh, easy, calm down. Jeez. Uh, yeah. Crazy lady. And so what are the emotional implications of an interaction like that for somebody that would continue to talk to this man? The first thing that comes to mind for me is second guessing. You know, he was interested in me for 45 minutes and now I'm talking to him and I'm starting to second guess myself. He's expressing interest, but then he's expressing disinterest. So it's these two extremes. I don't really know what to do. My guards are down and I'm confused, right? For someone who doesn't really know what gaslighting is, they may still take that guy's number and they may be like, that was odd. Things got different towards the end, but that is, that is deliberate emotional manipulation, mental manipulation to make you second guess your decisions because he told you he doesn't feel like he's your type. But really, I think he is maybe a little insecure and was trying to project that onto you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because that was the part I was like, I'm gonna throw you off guard. I wanted to ask you about him. Such a yeah. good example. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I was going to go over to the next one because it ties perfectly into this, unless you had anything to add to that, Erica. That's right. different. That was Erica, calm down, relax. Jeez. It's too much. I mean, like I said, you triggered him, honey. Yeah. You were not his type. 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, because you imagine being in like literally somebody interviewing you, they ask you a question. And as soon as you respond, they're like, oh God, okay. That was a lot. <laughs> like I would be really taken aback. Um, but this goes perfectly into the next sign, which is using guilt. So in part one, and if y'all haven't listened to part one, get your butt over there and listen to part one. It's good. You shouldn't even be here right now. Get, get over to part one. Get over there. Come back to us. We'll be here. So, so part one, we had talked about, Nat, you had brought up the point that people will say, oh, she's attractive. She's so beautiful. How did she get into an abusive relationship? And abuse doesn't have a name, a preference, a profession, or any of that, right? Sometimes people who have, you know, did y'all hear that dog outside? Yeah. It ain't my dog. But, I was going to say, is that uh, Harley? <laughs> Harley's not that vicious. She's a lover, not a fighter. Um, so, so when you look at it, right, you'll see women who are beautiful um, having terrible self-esteem at times. You'll see women who have these accomplishments um, not having the highest of esteem for themselves. And I think some of it comes from not necessarily survivor's guilt, but in a dating space, when you are interacting with someone, if they know that you have all of these things going for yourself, they will inflict guilt on you. They'll lead with guilt. Um, oh, so you think, you know, like some guy I met was like, yeah, so you only, do, you only like fit dudes or you only like dudes that's like this or, you know, a girl, hey, you only like chicks like this. So have y'all experienced that where a person from the beginning of meeting you will make you feel a certain way? Like, oh, okay, at first I thought she was a little stuck up or something like that to bring you down to their level. If I did, they didn't stick around very long. Bloop. Okay. <laughs> well, I think that's something that we have to watch out for, especially if you're if you're a beautiful woman and, or you you carry yourself in a fashion that you know you hold yourself in high regard, and you're interacting with someone, and they say, "Oh, so you think you 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 know you think you're too good for dudes like this, or you think you're too good for girls like this." Keep that in mind. That is a, a insecure. Um, projection and that's an implication that they're going to continue that behavior throughout the relationship all right so it's very subtle you may seem like it's small it may seem small but if a person's leading with insecurity that's what you're going to get that's basically what you're going to get so just keep that in mind um, that's number three the third one I have is a little more serious um, it is making implied threats so say, for instance, going out with a person and they tell you, you know, if somebody mess with my woman or if I catch my woman look some way, look, you know, look a certain way, it ain't no telling what I would do. Or I don't take disrespect from anybody, a man or a woman. You know, um, it's not, it's, it, it could be a statement, but it also could be a implied threat right? That would make you question how you need to show up and be with this person and how authentic you can be in your expression. Because again, disrespect isn't something that is um, empirical. It's something that's very subjective, right? What disrespect means to you and me would be something completely different. So do y'all have anything to add to that? I haven't had an example of that that I've dealt with personally. I've heard that, but I haven't actually dealt with anyone who has kind of said that out loud to me early on. Yeah. Or in, that, in that way. I mean, I've had a friend that's experienced that and she, you know, she didn't continue a relationship with the person, but the second I heard it, I was like, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it though, for sure, definitely. Oh yeah. And this comes off like, oh, he's just protective or he just, you know, wants what he wants or whatever. And like, he knows what he wants to like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. you think they're joking. You might take it as a joke. Yeah. And then five years later, 
that's you. You have done. <laughs> you a ninja girl. And that's where the that's where this final one is joking. Joking at your expense. These are very, very light and subtle, y'all. Okay. I wasn't about to yeah. come to the Ike Turners, but it's just small things. Now, joking is something that I think can potentially be corrected. Um you know, I, I was dating a guy and he, we went into Target and he had his arm around me and a lady was like, oh, y'all are so cute. And she, he goes, oh yeah, the old ball and chain. When I tell you, I gave him the look of death and I didn't, I would never like go off on him. Before. I didn't even go off on him. But when we left, I was like, listen, don't do that anymore. You can't talk down to me. He's like, what? I was joking. I said, well, my subconscious doesn't know a joke. And so if that's what you're speaking into me, it's not doing anything for my self-confidence. And also I am your crown, right? So don't speak down about your crown. We make one another look good. That's, I don't want right. to engage in that way. And he never did it again. And it was a great relationship. But again, like Erica said, if a person keeps doing it, then think about the impact that that's having, having on your mental um, and emotional well-being. Yeah, mm -hmm. you shouldn't be the butt of the joke. What's that, Nat? I said, you shouldn't be, it's okay to joke, but you shouldn't be the butt of the joke. The joke shouldn't be at your expense, you know? If you two are joking amongst the two of you and you guys are having a good time and taking little digs, that's that's all fun and good because that's just your own little personal thing and no one's offended. But if you're out in public and that's happening in front of people and you're feeling some sort of way and they're not recognizing it, and then if you bring it up, and they're telling you, again, you're sensitive, whoa, you know, that's definitely, that's, that's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. I agree. But you know, there's always some truth in joking too, always. True. So I think we've reached number five, y'all. I am going to give y'all a couple of bonuses. So there's another one um, that was on this list, which is basically like, um, dehumanizing you so say for instance you're talking to them or they're you're on a date with them but they're looking at the lady at the table next to you the whole time and you can tell like that they're looking at her and they know that you can tell or when you talk to them they intentionally look away or stare somewhere else these things are very subtle but I promise you if somebody did that you would have a reaction like, damn, that's not cool. That is them dehumanizing you. And they're doing it purposely to kind of bring you down a little bit so that mm -hmm. you're, you're needing that validation because all you want at this point is for their attention to be on you and for their validation to be on you that you are special and worthwhile. Um, and if they have a chance to do it subtly, it can get, it grows and they can control you at that point. Absolutely. Um, we're hitting, we've hit the five minute mark. So I'm going to zoom through a couple more of these. Actually, we've got three minutes and then we're going to wrap it y'all. Um, but we've got that. So then there's also jealousy. Um, I think, you know, a person being into you and not necessarily wanting too much going on when they like you when the beginning is cool. But again, it is the beginning and you're not in a committed relationship with this person. So just watch how that interaction is if a person is being jealous because it can result in being a way that is, um, that is dangerous. You know, them accusing you of flirting or cheating. If you feel like they're already asking you, who are you looking at? And it's a constant thing. There's something behind that that could result in problems for you going ahead. Um, and I think there was one last thing on here. Let's see. Gaslighting. We kind of talked about gaslighting. Um, like Natalie said, someone doing things and then pretending like they didn't do them. Y'all, watch out for yourself. Guard your temple. Guard your mind, your body, your spirit. You are so worth it and worthwhile. You don't have to prove you, that you're worthy of love to anybody and just be aware that there are a lot of tricksters out there who don't love themselves and they will get around a person who seemingly does to soak away your energy your self-esteem because they want it for themselves but what is inside of you is something that no one else can have so you have to guard it they don't understand that they can't have it they don't understand that they have to cultivate it for themselves their belief is that they have to get it from someone else in order to obtain it which is why a lot of them are miserable and they never experienced the growth to get a healthy relationship because they don't go within. 
So if you're here, you are a healer. You are a person who is ready to do spiritual alchemy on yourself to continue to grow to better spaces in life. Do not let anybody stop you from what is rightfully yours. Um, there are a couple things that they want us to do in terms of, you know, getting away from these situations. And the first thing that they listed on this, y'all, is don't try to change them. Don't you have your butt up in church trying to um, pray away this demon from this person? You can pray it away, but you get away before you pray for them. Don't try to change a person while you're in a relationship. It's not going to happen. Graceful exits. Okay. So, so this is number two. Graceful, um, exiting gracefully is something that should be done if you can. Sometimes it's hard to get out of situations that are sticky, um, being graceful, but anytime that you can part a situation in a respectable manner, it's good to do it and it's better to do it sooner than later, okay? A graceful exit means you're not necessarily ghosting someone. You are, you're letting them know there's no longer a connection here. I don't see us going forward. Thank you for taking me out. Thank you for, you know, you know, kind of trying to get to know one another and take care. That's it. Send a text. You do not have to get on the phone with this person, especially if you don't want to go back and forth. We are not at a space where you have to um, explain why you don't want to entertain someone anymore. You really don't have to do that. You can, if you say it in a text, don't pick up the phone and talk about it further because depending on the type of person that you're dealing with, they can try to talk you out of your reasoning that you had in the first place. And then you look up three or four months later and you only have yourself to blame for why you are where you are. So I love graceful exits. I do think that it gives a person an opportunity to just not be ghosted. If you see them in your town again, hopefully, you know, it's just like, hey, it is what it is no hard feelings, but you send the text, nice getting to know you, I'm just not ready or whatever it is. Um, and then put your phone on do not disturb, okay? Don't keep going and checking to see if they texted you back. If they call you, again, do not disturb. Do not pick up that phone. You are not at a space where you have to explain yourself to someone. What can happen if you do is that you talk to this person and I'm not saying this is going to happen every time, but you talk to this person, they make you feel bad for your decision. And then that inner child is again, inflicted, right? Because now you do feel bad because they want you to feel bad or they're projecting that energy onto you. And then you carry it throughout your day. So this is just a way of protecting your peace. If you feel like you're better off ghosting somebody, fine. But for where I am, am in the space of life, I feel like I want to tell the person why I'm not talking to you anymore, because what it does is number three. Number three on the list is set a firm boundary. What that means is when I tell a person I'm no longer interested in this connection, appreciate knowing you, whatever, when I see them again, they know where I stand. So there's no reason for you to come and try to hug on me or pretend that something is that is not anymore, you know where I stand. And that's important to establish that because people will take advantage of your gray areas. Another thing with boundaries is, say for instance, you have a guy who is joking with you and you don't necessarily like it, say it. Say it respectfully, but say it up front. And this is a guy or a girl, girls can be just as abusive as men. Say it up front, let a person know hey, I don't like this, and then see if they do it again. But you have to establish boundaries because if you don't, we are teaching people um, how to treat us, good or bad. That was number three. Number four is number four is involving legal action if you need to. Um, you know, maybe someone has gotten carried away. Maybe you have been dating someone and things have turned physical and you're afraid. Um, sometimes you can find yourself in a relationship where you feel like you're in so deep that if you leave, it could get worse. 
if they know where you stay, um, they've already physically threatened you or have been physically violent with you before. Don't be afraid to get legal action involved. You need a paper trail. You deserve a paper trail. Um, in another podcast episode, I'll tell y'all about a tip my gynecologist gave me to screen people and kind of make sure that you're not dealing with these folks before you bring them to your home. But if you are feeling like you're in danger and someone has inflicted harm on you in some way, go to the law. Do not be afraid to be your own advocate because if you won't, no one else will. Um, and then number five, I left that open. So ladies, y'all tell me, is there anything on here that I left off that you think the ladies um, would need to know and should definitely use as a tool? Trusting yourself, trusting your voice. Um, Erica. Not abandoning yourself. We don't realize how often we abandon ourselves by trying to cater to other people. I don't want to leave him. I don't want to abandon him. But by staying, you're abandoning yourself. And what, if you're not going to take care of yourself, he definitely is not going to do it. So trusting your voice, putting it out there and standing firm in it, it's difficult as hell. But you have to trust yourself enough to do it. It, it's, it could possibly save your life. Girl, you blessed this. That was it. That was the mic drop. Literally, this is, y'all, if y'all, I'm going to recap these just before we go, just so that we, we drive them in. Number one, don't try to fix them. You can't pray it away. You cannot pray, pray away. This person needs to deal with themselves, with their God in their own journey. It is not your responsibility to heal or fix anybody but yourself. Number one, don't fix them. Number two, Oh, yes. Exit gracefully. Exit gracefully. Thanks, Nat. Exit gracefully. Um, it's not, it's okay to respectfully send a text message. Let them know that you're not interested. Put your phone on do not disturb baby girl and go about your life. Okay. Um, number three, set strong boundaries. When you set strong boundaries, instead of ghosting a person, you let them know this is where I'm at. I don't want to talk to you about this. My communication and connection with you is not up for debate, all right? That means don't answer the phone after you tell them I'm done. Strong boundaries. Let them know where you stand, girl. Number four, involve legal action if you are already in these situations, um, in a situation that is dangerous. And number five, as my good friend Erica said, trust your own voice. Don't abandon yourself. Nobody's going to treat you better or protect you more than you, period. So um, I hope that y'all got something good from that. The Oh, go ahead, Nat. Yes. I, I wanted to, you said if anybody has anything that's left out, I wanted to bring a quick point in. Go for um, it. I would say trust, look at actions, not words. If a person's words and their actions are not aligning, run. So don't go by, well, he said this or she said that. Look at how they treat you. Look at how they act. Look at what they do. Don't yeah. listen so much to what they say. And it's okay with listening. Now, nothing wrong with the person expressing themselves or, or, or communicating verbally, but actions and, and words should always align. And if they're not aligned, then some, something's not true. And usually your behavior is going to be the truth and your words are going to be the bull crap. So just follow actions when in doubt. How does that person act? When in doubt, what do their actions say? When in doubt, what are you seeing and not versus what are you hearing? Mm. What they say is who they want to be. What they do is who they are. Exactly. Snaps on that. Snaps on that, y'all. Um, and we're not going to forget about the ladies who are also in these situations that are looking to get out. Um, again, healthline.com, they have some really good information and tools for you. If you find yourself in this type of a situation that you need to get out of, um, here are a couple things that they want you to do, okay? Um, again, if you're already in this situation, no, you can't fix it, but they also want you to not blame yourself, right? We know, yes, we have inner turmoil, inner childhood wounds that we need to feel, that we need to heal and feel. Um, but if you're in there, 
If you're already in it, don't blame yourself. It's okay to take accountability, have grace and get out of it. Um, they want you to prioritize your needs. Avoid engaging with them at all costs. We learned this when we were getting out of our situations with narcissists. It is absolutely essential to go non, no contact with them because every chance that they get, they're going to cut you down to size. It's that insane. Um, building a support network. So you may be in a relationship and usually if you're in an abusive relationship, y'all tell me if I'm lying, will they or will they not isolate you from your friend group? Yes. Yeah. And all your friends are bad. Yes. Friend group, family, church, it's all stupid. They are God, they are law. Um, and so if you see somebody doing that, and I guess that's another sign that we could have even added into that is the isolation. If they come in, to, come in and automatically they don't want to meet your family or when they do meet your family and your friends, they have an attitude about it. They make you feel bad about dragging them to this, this dinner. Um, or if they start talking about your friends and belittling them. They are isolating you. They're close. They're trying to make you seek them and them only for the validation and for the support, which is very, very dangerous. So keep a good support network around you. And also, um, if you start to see yourself isolating from your family and friends, that's another thing that happens because subconsciously, you know that something's not right about this person. So mm. you don't want to bring them around either. Why don't you want to bring them around, sis? Uh-huh. Just saying. <laughs> Very good. Oh, bro. Very don't good bro. <laughs> okay. Seriously, why don't you want to bring them around? What's tea? Um, and then two, don't just make your friends your therapist. Like go out and speak to someone seriously. Go out and speak to a therapist. Um, get some help. Even if you're in the thick of it, or if you, you know, if you avoided a relationship, but you feel like you still need to have some work to do. Talk to somebody, okay? Um, if you feel like you need to exit this situation, which I would recommend, especially if it's pulling you down, but you're afraid to, there are many organizations out there that will help you, many organizations that will help you. And a lot of them are very, very discreet in how they treat their their um, clients, right? So people won't necessarily know where you are. You will have all of your needs met. Your children will be taken care of. And there are measures that are put in place to help you not be followed, okay? Because you can feel like you'll have a person always looking at you, peering on you, spying on you. And people have done that. I mean, this isn't crazy. It is crazy, but people have done that. And so um, I'm going to give y'all the name of a couple of local organizations in Houston. One I have the highest regard for is the Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Um, if you know of someone who needs this type of help or intervention to get out or just a place to stay, they help domestic abuse survivors, they help sexual abuse survivors and their families, men and women. Check them out, the Bridge Over Troubled Waters in Houston. I cannot sing their praises enough. Um, the second organization in Houston is the Houston Area Women's Center. They also focus on domestic violence survivors. Listen, you may not feel like I, I'm, live, I'm not living with this guy. It's nothing like that. We just fought once. Okay, fine. If you can't go to a therapist, you know, because of your insurance, Go to the bridge and see if they'll hook you up with a counselor. Just get yourself around a supportive network that can be a safe haven for you if and when you decide to leave. There have been women who've gone into these programs and then they leave and then they come back and then they leave and then they come back. And once they're ready, there's a whole world waiting for them and those support groups help them to create it. Um, and so do that. And then the last number that I have on here is the domestic violence hotline, which is 1-800-799-7233. And again, maybe you just need to talk to someone. Maybe you're afraid to talk with your family because you're embarrassed or you don't know what would happen to your family. These things get really dark. I'm praying that every person who listens to this podcast um, is 
protected and is healed and is growing and thriving in their healing journey. But it's always good to have these resources should you find yourself in one of life's potholes. So give yourself time to heal. Continue to use these tools. If you've been in a relationship, don't get in another one. And you don't get in another one like that by educating yourself and doing what you've learned. You can't just learn it. You can't just know it. You've got to do it. And that's all I've got for y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Nat, Erica, I want to um, ask y'all for any final words that y'all have to offer. And thank y'all so much for joining us. Also, let everybody know, um, the healers know where they can follow you. Erica? I, I think you wrapped it up good, Kim. It's, it, it can be scary, but you have, you, you have the support. And just trust. That's just, I'm just going to go back to the trust. Um, to find me, you can find me on social media, um, Instagram and Facebook. It's Erica J. Pierce. So at Erica J. Pierce. Same thing for Facebook. Um, I think that's all. Yeah, those are the good ones. Let's go with that one. And Erica is a growth and mindset life coach. As y'all can tell, she's very eloquent, very well studied. And she is, yeah, huge asset, huge asset and a great friend. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, and thank you, Kim, for just having this platform for women to go to. You know, when you and I were in our journey, I don't know if we actually had somewhere that we could go to get all this information kind of all in one place and like one-stop shop. You know, it's obviously much bigger, but this is a good, this was a good place to kind of get enough tidbits to kind of get yourself going and understand that in this journey, you may have to do it alone. You may have to let go of family, friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, wives. So just know that it's possible. Um, you can do it. You have the strength and put the work in and it's, it's worth it. You're going to be so much happier and so much lighter when you take on this journey. As far as following me, um, I'm not anyone special. I'm just here. Yes, uh, but I, I am Natalie Marie on Instagram. Um, and then you feel free to come on. And if you need someone to talk to or just want somebody to just to, to listen to you, like I'm available for anyone that just wants to have a conversation, I'm here. Natalie also um, is a contributor on several different YouTube relationship platforms. So you may um, have seen her before on Little Black Books and talking about this topic here, relationships, because she's very passionate about it. So feel free to reach out to any and all of us. Remember that angels are watching over you. There is a power in the universe that is protecting you and waiting for you to love yourself and take the chance to create a better life. So I am Kim White. That's where you can find me on IG and we are signing off till next time love y'all good luck lady